Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hi, all you movie fans out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Attic Headquarters. You don't have to be a movie addict to visit here, of course. But if you are one, it's definitely the place for you, and especially today, because we're celebrating the upcoming birthday of legendary actor Michael Caine, who will turn 83 on March 14th. We'll be listening to a fascinating tape with noted film critic John P. McCarthy and award-winning blogger Fausta Rodriguez, who will reveal their favorite Michael Caine films and performances up through 2009. Our producer, Nikki Starr, and former co-host, Jazz Shaw, also joined in that lively discussion, which I'm sure you'll enjoy. And then after the tape... I'll do an update about Michael Caine's movies since then, as well as a preview of his upcoming films. You know, folks, we aired our first Michael Caine tribute way back in 2009, and it's amazing how much this busy actor has been up to since then. He boasts 160 acting credits listed on the Internet Movie Database, including the films he's made since 2009, plus two new movies scheduled for release this year. Well, I see the chat room is open and decorated with balloons and banners for Michael Caine. So let's get this birthday celebration started by playing part of our 2009 Michael Caine tribute show. But be sure to stick around for my update during the last part of today's episode. I wanted to jog everybody's memory because he has so many films, and I, I don't, I'm not going to mention all of them, but here are the movies that popped into my mind when I thought about uh, doing a tribute show for him. If I leave out anyone's favorite movie, I'm sorry, and I'm sure it'll probably get mentioned later on in the show. But here's the list I came up with. Alfie, Educating Rita, The Ipcrest File, Miss Congeniality, Secondhand Lions, Sleuth, The Muppet Christmas Carol, <laughs> Blood and Wine, Zulu, the Italian Job, Dress to Kill, Get Carter, Little Voice, The Man Who Would Be King, The Quiet American, Cider House Rules, and Hannah and Her Sisters. Now, of course, Kane won uh, well-deserved Oscars for his supporting roles in the, the last two I mentioned, Cider House Rules and Hannah and Her Sisters. But in addition to all this, he's written a fascinating autobiography titled What's It All About, as well as the popular book Acting in Film and Actor's Take on, on Movie Making. And that leads me to my first question. What are your favorite Michael Caine movies and performances? And so, John, why don't you go first on that one? Oh, thank you. Thank you very much, Betty Jo. It's a, 
it's a large body of work, as you've mentioned, and there are uh, a lot of a lot of good movies and a lot of uh, let's say I won't say bad, but uh, questionable choices <laughs> made <laughs> well along the way. Um, you know, one of his recent uh, movies that I really enjoyed was Children of Men in 2006, and he had a he had a supporting part in that, but a crucial role. He was kind of a uh, a hippie left over from the 60s, although the movie was set in the year 2027, uh, and it's a, it was it's a stark movie by Alfonso uh, Cuaron, uh, the Mexican director. Uh, when basically there's infertility throughout the world, and there's uh, Clive Owen uh, comes upon a woman who actually is pregnant with the baby, and Michael Caine's character helps them out considerably. So that's one movie I'd like to mention. Another recent one from from 2006 is The Prestige oh, uh, yeah, by Christopher that. Nolan. Uh, opposite Hugh Jackman, Betty Joe. Yes. Uh, oh, I. Oh, Mia Culpa for forgetting that one. <laughs> How did well, you miss that? I know. Oh, I, I am. I. I feel so so guilty. But uh, those are uh, two great films, I think. And uh, you know, just one more that goes back into the seventies, and it, it, the Eagle has landed. You know where he plays uh, he plays a Nazi and you know it's a pre- pretty much a standard war film but pre- you know pretty good with um, you know Donald Sutherland Robert Duvall uh, directed by John Sturgis but I uh, I'll always watch that when it's on television so uh, those are three but there's a lot more but those th- are your three three favorites right now I, I if you're like me with someone like Michael Caine. Uh, yeah. If we ask you, if we ask you tomorrow, it might be three others that were your that were your favorites. And it's interesting yeah. that these are films where he's had just a supporting role, but he's willing to take work <laughs> supporting uh, cameos, <laughs> whatever. He's just such a such a glutton to well, that's, uh, to that's act. One the, that's one of the best things about him, I think, is that he just loves to work and he keeps on working. Um, you know, one other movie um, in this decade, that pe- it's a very small movie called Last Orders, and uh, it's about a, uh, some um, working-class fellows from from South London um, who go on a journey to scatter the ashes of their of their deceased friends. Oh, yes. I haven't seen one. that. Oh, that was yeah. a nice movie, yes. Yes, yeah, a beautiful little movie. Helen Mirren is in it. Uh, Bob Hoskins, Tom Courtney, David Hemmings, and so I, I recommend that. And um, he, Kane is wonderful in it. So, that's oh, I thank you, thank you for mentioning that because that is a film that I didn't even know about, and uh, hopefully it's on DVD and we can we can take a look at it. So, so Children of Men, The Prestige, The Eagle Has Landed, and Last Orders, excellent choices. What about you, Fausta? What are your favorite? Uh, Michael Caine films and performances. I love him in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. <laughs> and in Alfie, of course. And I also liked him in Get Carter, which got remade with Stallone, and it was a horrible movie. But his Get Carter was a very dark character, and so was his character in Mona Lisa, where he plays a gangster that is an evil person. Oh, yes. But another thing that I like about him is that he has revisited the Harry Palmer character, and there's oh, yes. a, there's an 
number of those too, but from the Ipcrest file where he started yes. started out on the Ipcrest yeah. file. Yes, the, excellent, excellent choices. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, I think, was such a successful movie. Well, it was a remake, I think, of uh, of an earlier film, but uh, it did well. In fact, it did so well that there was a Broadway musical. Yeah, Jonathan Price played the lead, played the Michael King character, and it, he was really good in that too. <laughs> what did you like about him in Alfie? Um, that it, it starts as a really kind of uh, oily character that you don't think has a soul, and he finds out that he does in the wrong way. Yeah. So it's a very complex person that superficially is is not. And that is the film that skyrocketed him to fame, even though he had made a few before that. I believe I saw the Ipcrest file before I saw Alfie and had already fallen in love with uh, Michael Caine. Uh, but they were released fairly fairly close together. But uh, yeah, that, that, was, that was great. And I can't remember seeing Get Carter. So you're recommending that we see that one, but not the remake with uh, Stallone? Was no. Because it? It, Get Carter has to be an actor like Michael King to play it. Otherwise, it's just, you know, it's it's just a revenge movie. But I believe that um, Michael King did also play in the remake, but he played another another role in that rather than the role that he originally played. Yeah, that's right, he did, which is why I saw the second one. Yeah, but so the, but the first but the first one is the one that you're recommending to us. Oh yeah, and also the Harry Palmer films, The Ipcrest File, Funeral in Berlin, and there were I think a couple of other ones that I can't yeah. think of think of right now. So those, well, those are excellent choices too. How how about you, Jazz? Well, you guys already took mine uh, when we first brought this up as a subject. Uh, there were two that came to mind for me. One of them was Secondhand Lions, which you mentioned, and. I just thought that was such a tremendous movie overall and a great character and the way they cover that long history. And he had to go through a lot of, you know, costume work and uh, and makeup to, to cover all the different eras and things that were going on. And uh, I thought he was great in there. But the other one, uh, Foster already picked, and I was afraid that might be one of the ones on John's questionable list. But I, too, was a huge fan of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I've watched that numerous times, and his his character in there is one of those kind of snake oil salesman characters. But he, he plays the foil. At, they're both foils to each other, sort of. You know, it's just so much slapstick and so much fun. I, I thought that was a tremendous movie, and it's one of my favorites. They were both so good in that film. I, I really enjoyed it, too. And uh, so Secondhand Lions and Dirty Rotten Scoundrels are your are your two favorites. Mm-hmm. I wonder how um, the favorites are lining up in the chat room. Nikki, are there any films being mentioned that we haven't mentioned in the chat room? Well, there are, and I think I might be talking to myself, actually, but I was like four years old the very first time I saw a movie he was in, and it was a it was either a Poseidon Adventure or a remake or like second one of it. I love him. I love everything he's in. <laughs> um, let's see. There were Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, uh, The Eagle Has Landed, The Man Who Would Be King. Ooh. 
Um, Austin. He was in Austin Powers. Right. He was. He was in Batman. Yeah, that's getting mentioned in chat. Nobody brought it up here. He, he's Alfred for Batman. That's wow. right. Right, and that that is certainly one that he's enjoyed. I think. Doing. I don't think he didn't have to work too hard in it and uh, got a lot of notoriety for <laughs> for being in it. So those are good ones. So I had forgotten about the Austin Powers films, too. And, uh, he's very witty. Absolutely. Very. Absolutely. Well, I, I think we're getting, a, we're getting a little bit of uh, feedback. feedback. Yeah. So uh, we'll kind of myself. thank you, Nikki. <laughs> And uh, John, you wanted to um, mention another film or yeah, another we, performance. We should, we should mention Sleuth, the original Sleuth, not the remake. Um, opposite Laurence Olivier, that that was a I thought that was a great movie when it first came out in uh, the seventies, seventy two. Yes, and he got an Oscar nomination. For Sleuth. In fact, we should have mentioned that he does have six Oscar nominations, and of course, we we did um, mention that he got two supporting Oscars, uh, one for Hannah and Her Sisters, and the other one for The Cider House Rules. But his other Oscar nominations were for Sleuth and Alfie and The Quiet American and Educating Rita. So, so those films we definitely should should mention. Well, I enjoyed all all the films that everyone has mentioned, but I think so I can't argue with you about your choices, but I think my favorites are uh Alfie, Blood and Wine, and you're going to be surprised about this, The Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> uh no one would argue with me about Alfie, I don't think, because there my husband says that that there's uh Sometimes there's a role that is, can only belong to one actor. In fact, that the actor was probably born to play, and he feels that way about Michael Caine in Alfie, and I feel that way about Michael Caine in Alfie too. He was mm. he was just he was Alfie, and even though Jude Law did uh, a fairly good job in the remake of Alfie. Uh, I just couldn't think of anybody while I was watching that. <laughs> you know, why? Why remake that? Because that belongs to Michael Caine, probably in the same way that uh, Jack Sparrow belongs to uh, to Johnny Depp. So that's a favorite Michael Caine performance. And Blood and Wine is just a, a little-known Michael Caine movie that he just he bowled me over in. Now, if you think that Michael Caine can't play a chilling villain, then check out the DVD of Blood and Wine. Watch him steal the show from Jack Nicholson and Jennifer Lopez. The devil is in the details in his performance here. He's got these tight facial expressions, steely-eyed looks, and intense vocal inflections. He plays a guy called Victor Spansky, who's a British jewel thief, bent on pinching a $1.3 million necklace with diamonds the size of chocolates, and he won't let anyone stand in his way. And he just takes over the screen in that movie, and it's called Blood and Wine. Have have any of you seen that movie? Yes. I missed it entirely. 
Yeah, I've not seen it, but it sounds great. <laughs> it is great. It's just a little it's a little gem of a crime thriller that I don't understand why it didn't get more publicity. What did you think about it, Fausta? I thought it was really good and the best thing about it is that he and the Jack Nicholson character play these these two characters are clearly on the skids and this is their last very last Fling, so to speak. So it it, it it has it has a kind of like a subtext of dex- desperation to it. That's well said. That's well said. So so uh, John and uh, Jazz, be sure to check out the the DVD of Blood and Wine. I think I think you'll really really enjoy it. And I will my, put that on my Netflix list. Put That's it on your, definitely put it on your Netflix. And my third favorite, as I mentioned, is the Muppet Christmas Carol. I think Michael Caine is the most is the best and most entertaining Scrooge of all time in my book. He delivers a performance worthy of the Masterpiece Theater or the Royal Shakespeare Company, and again, he steals the show. Did you know there have been 24 Christmas Carol films, including the ones for TV? I wow. don't know this. I did some research, and the first one was made back in 1910, but look at the list of actors who have played Scrooge. Alistair Sim, George C. Scott, Reginald Owen, Patrick Stewart, Albert Finney, Kelsey Grammer, and even Bill Murray in that movie, well, it was just sort of a reimagining of uh, Christmas Carol. It was called Scrooge. Scrooge. But Kane takes the cake. And remember, he's acting with puppets. <laughs> and he's just, yeah. he is just so real in this film. Of course, it it is a musical, and you know how I love musicals. The the songs are by Paul Williams, and at the end, you you hear Michael Caine singing "A Thankful Heart," just pouring his heart out in singing that song. And I I just I have the DVD. Of course, I'm a fan of the Muppets. I have that DVD, and I you don't have to watch it at Christmas time. I mean, you can watch it any time of the year and enjoy Michael Caine's performance in that. But I do have to tell you, Jazz, that you're very perceptive in selecting secondhand lions because I think uh, that would be, then be my next my next favorite Michael Caine performance. Uh, when he was telling the stories about uh, his adventures in North Africa to uh, the nephew, played by Haley Joel Osment, he, right, but what a storyteller! I mean, those, those scenes were were just were priceless. So I would definitely recommend that. And little little voice. I don't know oh, where. Oh yes. Yeah, little voice where he played this down and out talent agent who tries to persuade uh, Jane Horrocks' character because she can sing like any any singer in the world. Yeah. But she's very shy trying to persuade her to go on the stage and then all the things that go wrong with his big plans and then him getting up at the end and singing it's over uh-huh. <laughs> he's just he's wonderful in that but there are so many michael Caine uh movies that are just that are just priceless it's really difficult to pick the ones that are that are your are your favorites but but jazz i think you have a question or two about michael Caine's career don't you I do, in fact, and one of them is there are, and I suppose this is a a, a good question for John. Probably uh, there are so few actors that get careers that long that 
that just keep on going and, and maintain their popularity can not just keep getting the work, but but getting the reviews and everything. So, what it, what is it about spe- specifically about Michael Caine that is as you know allowed him to last so long? Well, I would say first of all he's a he's a consummate pro, uh, you know, and he's also very versatile. I mean, look at all he he can play a spy, he can play you know comic characters, uh, you know, very dramatic characters. Um, he's sort of a sophisticated Cockney, which of course is how he started out. But he can play he can play the Cockney, or you know, actually one of his in his first big big movie, which was Zulu, uh, which I think he made he made before Alfie and the Ipcris file. Yes, he um, did. He, he plays an upper crust British officer in South Africa, uh, and they're attacked by by Zulu warriors, and that was a huge, big adventure. That was a big hit, and that really put him on the map after a lot of small roles. So, uh, you know, he can he can do comedy, uh, you know, Dirty Ron Scoundrels, which I like too. Um, you know, uh, he can he can pretty much do anything. So, that. Um, that's a recipe for a long career. I think that's a good answer, and um, I was wondering, Fausta, do you agree that that is what explains his popularity for such a long time? Oh yeah, and it, it, that, and also Michael Caine. All of Michael Caine's characters are always a man alone. He stands out. He's not the same guy that he's surrounded with. So I, I think that's a lot of his appeal, and, and maybe that's why he picks those parts. That's a good point. That's a very good point. I I think also that he's just, as I mentioned earlier, he's been so persistent, and I think that's paid off big time for him. He's just, what was the joke go, going around a few a few years ago? Michael Caine was in so many movies. Somebody said, um, somebody said, uh, I think he'll appear in my. Uh, Wedding home movie. <laughs> Anytime there's a camera, <laughs> that Michael Caine. You know, uh, yeah. So he had a funny line too about that uh, when he was in Jaws: The Revenge. Um, he said, "You know, I haven't seen the movie. I, I hear it's pretty terrible, but the uh, the house that it helped me build is beautiful." <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right. Oh, you did mention one of his uh, bombs. <laughs> Jazz, jazz the, uh, Jaws the Revenge, and uh, what was the other one? The Swarm. I think that one was one that that was. Oh, another <laughs> one. Another one is Beyond the Poseidon Adventure in yeah. '79. Yes. Well, then again, some actors follow that school of thought that you don't turn down work. You know, yeah. uh, tomorrow is very uncertain, and it's a it's a fickle audience, and you take work where you can get it. So. I know, and that was one of the things that uh, he and Terrence Stamp, who was a good friend of his, uh, they they were very different. Uh, I think back in the back in the '60s, and Terrence Stamp was very oh, oh very careful about any anything that he would take, and of course Michael would just take anything that that came along <laughs> practically, and uh, so it didn't bode well for Terrence Stamp's career although he's you know lately we've been seeing him on the on the screen more but uh, i think that just just going just kind of being the energizer bunny and just kind of <laughs> keep um, on going and keep on going has really paid off for michael one of the things that he mentions in his acting book is he 
work all the time, but always mm. pick the part that has the best lines. <laughs> he's pretty smart too. Yes. So you know, that's one of the things because he says that it, overall, you will be a good actor the more the more you work. But always make sure that you, you, your character has the best lines, even if you're not the starring character. That makes so, a lot of makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I I wanted to uh, mention that I got a very nice email from Vince Tracy when he found out that we were doing the Michael Caine tribute, and he sent me a podcast with wonderful Michael Caine impersonators you know, saying some of the lines from Michael Caine's movie. So I'll put that um, in the comment section after the show. I'll put the link to that podcast because I think people would get a, get a, a charge out of listening to the Michael Caine impersonators. And then also I heard from uh, Linda Lopecki by email, and she calls Michael Caine one of her all-time favorite actors, and she wanted to thank us for doing this tribute. Then she said his autobiography is fantastic, too. I want to read it again. And so thank you, Linda, for that message. I, I feel exactly the way you do about Michael Caine and about his, his autobi, autobiography. Um, but I was wondering who you think has held his or, is his or her own uh, the best as a Michael Caine co-star. Uh, he must be pretty uh, pretty intimidating to work with. John, what's your reaction to that question? Well, uh, and I mentioned Laurence Olivier earlier, and they were in Sleuth together, and it doesn't, you know, that's um, that's a pretty good guy to have opposite you, um, even though they were they were rivals in that movie. Um, you know, he's good friends with Sean Connery, and they. I think one of his top performances would have to be in The Man Who Would Be King opposite Sean Connery, and they, they play two con men at the turn of the century who go, turn of the 19th century, who go to a, a small Republican and try and take it over uh, in order to, to loot it. And they're, they're really sort of uh, brother figures in the movie. And so I think that was, a, that was a great screen combination. And they probably worked, I'm not sure if they worked together after that or before that, but um, uh, they made a great duo in that. And then, you know, he, he played opposite Maggie Smith in California Suite, you know, the Neil, right. the Neil Simon comedy. And uh, while it wasn't, you know, the, I don't think it got great notices as a movie. I think it worked better on the stage. Um, oh, that's right. That was know, the one with Alan Alda, right? That's right. And, uh, you know, she's one of my favorite British actresses, and he's one of my favorite British actors, and to see them together, uh, you know, trading barbs, Neil Simon barbs, was, was a treat. So, those are three. Oh, those are, yes, I, I think those are good uh, good choices. Um, how about you, Fausto? Who do you think has hold, held his or her own with uh, Michael Caine in the films? Well, I love Pete Martin and him in um, Dirty Rubbin Scoundrels, particularly how Michael Caine is basically impersonating Klaus von Bülow. And there's this whole scene where Steve Martin imitates Michael Caine <laughs> right. being this suave guy, and they're playing, putting on their ribs in the background. That is just 
wonderful. And I also love uh, Robert Duval in Secondhand Lions. But by the way, Robert Duval is a really great tango dancer, but it, that doesn't have anything to do with Michael Caine. And uh, of course, you know Sean Connery and Laurence Olivier. But I also like um, Christopher Reeve in Death Trap. Ah. Death Trap, right? I had forgotten about that too. I, I'd have to go along with uh, Robert Duvall in Secondhand Lions, and then I mentioned Little Voice uh, earlier, and I think that uh, Jane Horrocks uh, oh, yeah. put her own with with him. Those those would be mine. What about you, Jazz? I don't know. That's such a tough question, just because he's played with so many people. I, uh, I'm going to pass. I, I can't pick somebody out. Well, we've we've picked some good ones, so so that kind of lets you off the hook, but. How does Michael Caine rate as a writer? We were talking about his uh, acting book, Fausta, and then his autobiography. Um, what do you think about his talent as a writer? I thought it was a lot of fun. I loved his autobiography, and um, I I really like the acting book. I mean, I don't know anything about acting, but he does make the point that acting is a job, as much as it is an art and that you should be treating your acting career as a professional person that is not, you know, temperamental or anything like that. You have a set of skills and you have to make a living from it. So it's a very good book, I thought. It's not that long a book. It's only like, you know, a few hundred, a couple of hundred pages at the most. I'm going to be sure to get that. Now, his uh, autobiography, What's It All About?, I thought was just absolutely fabulous, and it's it's just as wonderful as Frank McCourt's memoir, uh, Angela's Ashes, about uh, growing up in in poor uh, straits. And I I have gone back to this book, you know, when I knew that we were going to do the tribute, and I'm reading it again because it is so good. My husband and I read it out loud to each other. Uh, each of us would read a chapter when we first read it through. It's just so great. He talks about uh, growing up uh, in the East End, I believe it is, in London. Yeah. And uh, his his father was a uh, worked in a fish market, I think, and his mother, I believe, was a, a char lady. So he came from modest conditions. He was born with a eyelid condition, blephora or Blephora, I'm not sure how I'm pronouncing that. So his eyelids, wow. his eyelids swelled. He had ears that stuck out, and he talked about his mother making him wear these very, very heavy boots because he also had rickets. Wow. So wow. he, in his book, he said the other kids must have thought he was like Frankenstein stomping down the street <laughs> the way, with the way he looked. And then he talked about. Uh, I just love the childhood part of the book. He talks about when he was. Uh, he started out acting at three years of age, and his mother was the director and the scriptwriter. He said that uh, they they didn't have enough money, you know, to pay all their bills. So whenever there was a knock on the door, <laughs> he had to go and answer the door and say, "Mummy's out." <laughs> that <was> performance. <laughs> well, he's very fortunate because, as we know. Most people with ears that stick out don't ever make it very far or achieve very great heights. That's just a private joke for Fosta. 
<laughs> the big ears, the big eared people. And then the he big eared people, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like Clark Cable, right. Let, let's get to one of the uh the, the oddball questions that I, I've been pondering myself and I I don't generally like remakes. Uh there are a few exceptions. I I, I realize Dirty Rotten Scoundrels was a remake. There there have been a few other good ones. I generally don't like them, but uh what are some good remakes from the earlier era that would be good choices for Michael Caine to star in? Hmm. You know what I would have liked to see him do? I would have liked him to play a gangster. It, it, remember the movie Born Yesterday with Broderick Crawford? Yeah. Oh, sure. oh yeah, I have, yeah. I would have liked him to play that part as an English gangster, but the thing is, the movie was remade with uh, Don Johnson, and John Goodman played the ga- the gangster, and the movie was horrible. It was just awful. What a change if it had been Michael Caine yes. playing that. That's an excellent suggestion. Good choice. Right. I, I was thinking of um, possibly My Fair... Well, you know I'm going to think about a musical, don't you? Yeah, of course you do. My Fair Lady, since we know that Michael Caine sang in The Muppet Christmas Carol and Little Voice, and he could do the Rex Harrison part in My Fair Lady, and and Jane Horrocks, who was in Little Voice, who can sing just uh, so delightfully. Uh, I would like to see a remake of uh, My Fair Lady. So that would be my pick. How, how about you, uh, John? Do you have one? You know, I, I can't think necessarily about uh, a movie that I'd like to see him in a remake, but the, the fact that you mentioned My Fair Lady is interesting because one of his greatest parts, I think, and he was nominated for an Oscar, was Educating Rita in 1983 when he played hey. uh, a, a boozy academic um, opposite Julie Walters, and I, you know, at a at a crusty um, British uh, college, I forget which one or university. And in a sense, that story is, um, you know, just a, a reworking of of the Pygmalion story, of course, without the music. But uh, I I thought he was really fantastic in that. So. Um, you know, and the other movie that we haven't talked too much about, and it, again, it has nothing to do with your question, but uh, he did um, actually win an Oscar for it as Hannah and Her Sisters, Woody Allen's movie. Right. Um, he was, you know, as as Mia Farrow's husband who cheats on her with with one of her sisters. Um, you know, I, he was great in that, and that's that's one of my favorite. Allen movies too, although not my favorite. I like his comedies, his straight comedies more. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I was thinking in terms of what Foster said. I- again, I'm not sure I would want to see this movie remade because it could turn out to be such a disaster. But a character that I think he could pull off, and I would love to see him in that sort of a role. I wouldn't mind seeing Michael Caine do the lead in Roman Holiday. Ooh, a kind of romantic comedy, funny but still kind of action-packed farce sort of thing running all over Rome. And even, you know, now, even at his age, I think he could pull that off. I think he probably could, too. That's an interesting suggestion. I'm wondering, um, is there someone that he has, has never played on screen with that we would like to see him paired up with? Do you have uh, anyone in mind for that, Fausta? Clive Owen. 
Yeah. Well, wait. He did. He, he did play with him in Children of Men. Oh, that's right. He was in Children of Men. Yeah. But how about Antonio Banderas and Kate Blanchett, and of course Johnny Depp. <laughs> Good. I'm ah. glad. I'm glad somebody suggested <laughs> Antonio and and you and Johnny Depp <laughs> instead. Well, of he me. was he was with you already, but you know we gotta get. Oh, that's right. In the Prestige, so that's Kate true. Kate Blanchett and Johnny and yeah, uh, those two. Antonio and Antonio. So. Those those would be great suggestions. I'd like to see him. Well, I have to preface this because I was reading an article in Variety uh, at this. Uh, reporter was comparing, uh, was doing a review of a play that Angela Lansbury is doing on Broadway now, and he said, next to koalas and kittens, Angela Lansbury is the most beloved creature on the planet now. <laughs> and uh, I thought about that, and I thought, and then next to Angela Lansbury is Michael Caine. So I thought pairing Angela Lansbury and Michael Caine in a movie would be just great. They could be, you know, like a, they're both British, they could both be the uh, uh, senior citizen detectives and solving a crime, <laughs> and uh, so I may just get started on that screenplay <laughs> after this. <laughs> that was such a fun discussion, folks. Thanks to Fausta, John, Jazz, Dickie, and our chatters for their wonderful contributions, as well as to Nancy Lombardo, who's been in the chat room today, and she picked. Uh, the Cider House Rules and uh, Secondhand Lions as her uh, favorite uh, Michael Caine movies, and we really appreciate her uh, contributions. I also want to thank Danny Dyer for editing the tape we just heard. But turning now to Michael Caine's film since 2009, here's the list, and it's pretty impressive. Harry Brown, Inception, Interstellar, Romeo and Juliet, Cars 2, The Mysterious Island, The Dark Knight Rises, Now You See Me, Last Love, The Last Witch Hunter, and Youth. Now that, spell, that last film is uh, spelled Y-O-U-T-H, and it co-stars Michael Caine and uh, Harvey Keitel. It's a very sentimental uh, film. But they are both uh, wonderful in it. And uh, a song from Youth was nominated for uh, an Academy Award. It's called just simply the simple song. It didn't get played during the Oscars, and I was very, very disappointed about that. Fortunately, Michael Caine fans can look forward to his two upcoming films this year. They are now You See Me Too and Going in Style. And I checked on the Internet Movie Database to find out a little bit more about these two movies. The first one um, will be coming out uh, May 6th. Now you know that the release dates can be changed. But it's a, a comedy called Going in Style with Morgan Freeman and Michael Caine, and um, it's about uh, retirees who plan a bank heist. And then the second one, Now You See Me Too, is a um, thriller, and uh, of course it's a sequel to Now You See Me, and it's, uh, what a cast, Mark Ruffalo, uh, Morgan Freeman, Daniel Radcliffe, Jesse Eisenberg, and Woody Harrelson, and uh, it's the, the same group uh, that were in uh, Now You See Me, 
uh, the original, and they are uh, trying to to make a, a comeback and give a performance um, that will expose the person, uh, the mastermind that's behind all of all of their work. So I'm really looking forward to that. And did I say the date on that? Oh, June 10th. So I'm going to be first in line for those two movies. Time now to play a couple of messages from two of our loyal listeners. Hi, comedian Nancy Lombardo here, host of Comedy Concepts Blog Talk Radio. And when I need my movie fix, you'll know where I'll be found. That's right, every Tuesday at 4 p.m., listening to Betty Jo Tucker on Movie Attic Headquarters Blog Talk Radio. Show me the funny, Betty, show me the funny. You're listening to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker. She's the real deal in what's happening on film. And if you're not real careful, you might hear the confessions of a movie addict. So get your popcorn and stay right there in your seat for Movie Addict Headquarters. And now back to our feature. Thanks so much to Steve and Nancy for those fun promos. As most of you know, Nancy is the host of Comedy Concepts, which airs on Monday and Friday mornings at 10.30 Eastern Time on Blog Talk Radio. It's always such a fun show. In fact, I'm hooked on it. Also, don't forget to check out the Mom and Pop Shop show on Dreamstream Radio each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. It's very entertaining, of course, because the host is none other than Mr. Showbiz himself, George Bettinger. And let's not forget all the diverse shows on the Wacko Network over there on Mixler. That's M-I-X-L-R. There's something for everyone in the Wacko wheelhouse. Sorry to say our time is almost up. This is Betty Jo Tucker giving a big shout-out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for their support. Thanks again to all the wonderful people who helped with our Michael Caine birthday bash and to all our listeners. We hope everyone enjoyed the show. Please come back next time for another spirited discussion about the movies. Our special guest will be filmmaker Adam Schell, whose inspirational new documentary titled Pursuing Happiness is scheduled for release on March 20th, 2016. And in the meantime, don't you forget to check out our film reviews at Real Talk Movie Reviews. That's R-E-E-L, realtalkreviews.com. Also, I hope you'll check out my new book entitled Cinema Stanzas, Rhyming About Movies, which is available for $3.99 on Amazon uh, at the Kindle store. And that's all for now, folks. Here's A.J. Daniels to take us out with a song we dedicate to all our Blog Talk Radio listeners, but today especially to Sir Michael Caine. Yes, that's right. In addition to all his other awards and honors, Michael Caine has been knighted by Queen Elizabeth, but we love him the most for all the pleasure he's given us at the movies. All of us here at Movie Attic Headquarters wish you a very happy birthday, Sir Michael Caine.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.